Yeah. I don't, I, remember, I don't even remember your question. I mean, Do it doesn't really matter. You actually <laughs> yeah. answered it exactly. I was asking about the culture of your team and your. Oh, cool. So awesome. how convenient that you actually Thanks. answered that question. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. See ya. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it, too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. Yet another episode where I can't fully keep it together because I have too much fun with my good friend and absolute legend in the advertising and marketing industry, Steve Gabriel. The more I do the show and realize the people that I can call friends and mentors, the more I recognize how blessed I've been along the way and how critical it is to surround yourself with truly great people, not just great in what they do but in how they do it, the people that they are. And Steve is one of those people for me. Co-founder and managing partner of 36 Creative. Steve is right alongside his co-founder, Trent Sanders, and their team. And they are literally breaking the mold in marketing in their boutique advertising agency. They are sought-after experts in the marketing arena, serving big and small name businesses alike. But in my eyes, what sets them apart from their bent towards unmatched creativity, seriously, these these guys are geniuses, team culture, it, it's their genuine care for people. And you're going to get a taste of that firsthand in my interview with my buddy Steve. So I want to get to the show, but let me quickly paint a picture for you. Back when I was in my infancy of business, over a decade ago, I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even necessarily know what lane I wanted to be in, but I had a lot of passion. And I think Steve saw that passion in me because despite the fact that I was probably an absolute tornado, I didn't even know what questions to ask. He was so quick to give me his time and his gifts. And he helped me build my first site and he wouldn't charge me. And he was quick to put me out in front of the right people. And he has cheered me on every single step of the way and constantly asks me from such a genuine place, what can I do to help you, Liz? So if you want a new perspective on how to show up for your clients, how to craft a rock solid team culture and how to work in strong partnerships, you do not want to miss this episode with my good friend who kept me laughing the whole time. I apologize for my giggles throughout, Mr. Steve Gabriel. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming and being here with me today on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. You should be. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I'm honored. Well, this is going to be another one of those episodes where I do my best not to laugh my way through it, but I make no promises. So let's just jump in, you know? 
Yeah, let's do it. Why not? All right. So I've had the pleasure of getting to know you over the decades, but my audience probably hasn't. So we would love to hear more about you, Steve, dad, business owner, the myth, the man, the legend, all the things. Got it. All right. So my name's Steve. It's always been Steve. And I have, I started, my first baby was, was my business and it's been 16 years and it's a boutique ad agency. And then I had a couple other babies and, you know, the real kind, the real, the real babies, which, you know, obviously shook, shook things up a bunch, but uh, yeah, I I'm uh, happily married, got a wonderful wife who is, you know, the yin to my yang and um, three girls, which I was not shooting for every time, but <laughs> here, here we, we are. are. Here we are. <laughs> three and done. So, um, oh my and they are, you know, they are three, three, six, and almost eight. So it's, yeah. uh, it's been an awesome, it's been an awesome ride so far. And they're beautiful, like your wife, which means you're in big trouble come the high school years. No, I'm not. I already have a plan. I will be giving them haircuts throughout. <laughs> Uh, middle school and high school, and they are not allowed to shave their legs ever. Okay, that's fair, but that might be like on that trend be, with the way that, things are going. So that could be in. Yeah. Um, right. Quick, funny story about that that I really shouldn't be revealing to the people listening, but I'm going to anyway. When I was growing up, I think I was my dad probably wanted a boy. He didn't get his boy till like seven years after me, so I kind of fit that role for a little bit. Yeah. And I was the only girl still to this day that I know that went to the barber shop to get her hair did. Oh, and yeah. it showed, it showed I had, <laughs> it was like up to my ear. I think he probably shaved something in the back. I don't know. I looked like a boy, but I, I went to the barber shop. So point being, your plan very well may work because in my first seven yeah. years of like, life, I wasn't really getting many looks. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that... um. Isn't that precious, though, that your dad did that? He was so proud that oh, yeah. I was the only like, girl. Right, let's go. Yeah, his barber let's was like, hair. yeah, this is the only girl's hair I've ever cut. And my dad thought that was so awesome. And, yeah, you know, I'd love of to course tell I the do, tale. Girl. Yeah. Of course I can cut girl hair. Of course I can shave <laughs> girl's hair. Yeah. <laughs> sure, so. Yeah, what, she need a fade? She oh, a fade? my gosh. I have so That's much awesome. trauma that I need to work through. I'm going to get on that. <laughs> So speaking of your first baby, the business, 36 Creative, uh, tell us about it. Tell us about that. So 16 years in the making, but what was the journey that led you into the advertising marketing space? Did you have a background in that? And did you expect it to become what it is today? No. So actually, I did not have a background. So here, this is the the story of of how 36 came, came to life. The name of the company is 36 Creative. So I was at a party at my house in Portsmouth and I had a bunch of buddies up. And just like every other weekend, it was a mess. You know, I remember people screaming, yelling, running through the house, fighting, laughing loud. And I was there with one of my good high school friends. And I just said, dude, you, there's got to be something better we could be doing with our time. <laughs> Do we, um, you know, what can we do? And at the time, 
he was working for, uh, or he had a, 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 another startup. It was a film com- company, tinting company. And he had been on the side doing some business cards for people. And he's like, why don't we, you know, try design, we could start a design firm. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. Cause I've always appreciated art and, and design and Marcom marketing communications, anything in that realm has always been intriguing to me. I went to school for accounting and finance. So a little bit less, uh, life full, <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> not much, not much life in accounting, but the world needs accountants and, um, they really do. And, um, so we went back that night, the next day I formed a, a company with the state. We opened a bank account. We both put like $20 in it and oh my gosh. Know, we had the most humble beginnings uh, you know, of all time. I think that our first year in business, we did like $3,500 in sales. And then the second year we completely like, well, we doubled our sales the second year. So the second year we did almost $8,000 in sales, but what we were doing, we still had full-time jobs. We were working, you know, late nights, we set plans, goals, objectives, and, you know, kept checking those boxes off until we had you know, a separate bank account. We had money in it. We had saved every penny we made. We were able to quit our jobs and do this full time. We had like a three month runway, four month runway. And then into that second month, we actually hired our first employee, which was a game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, it just kind of took its own form. Everything was elevated and been a really cool journey ever since. Yeah. And you're a pretty humble guy. So you probably won't tell us without me pulling at it, like trying to get this out of you, but give us a little picture of where you guys are today now, all these years later. Yeah, no. um, You know, we still feel like we're, you know, 22 years old or whatever, however old we were. No, that's not true. 25. Who cares? You know, stupid math. Um, right, whatever. Whatever. You don't want to, you don't want people to actually be able to do the math and find out how old you are though. God, no, no. Uh, I do know I had a full head of hair that when we started and that's not the case right now, <laughs> um, as you can see, but the viewers can't. Right. Um, we have a podcast. Ex- exactly. So that's beautiful. Um, so right now we are, we've got, I think 21 full-time employees. We have offshore teams that we lean on as needed. We've created like a pretty solid partner network for more high-end exclusive work. We're working with some of the country's biggest and baddest brands out there. Can you um, name some? I know some, but I think it's yeah, cool name drop. I know it's cool to name drop. It's funny though that that was one of our things when we started. We wanted to work with Nike, and then we got a taste of it with some brands. And and it's not you don't get to you know flex your creative totally. muscles as much. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these guidelines that you need to follow, but we do. We we've been lucky, and I think we position ourselves to attract companies that want to make a change and do something different and kind of step outside of, you know, the, the norm. We're a bunch of weird people at 36. I, I consider us a highly functioning dysfunctional family. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, I think we attract that type of uh, customer base, but we've worked with Santander bank. We've worked with echo shoes, uh, Timberland, 
we've worked with um, iRobot in the past, you know, so that there's, there's a bunch of the brands hood milk is local to us, but that, mm-hmm. that was a fun one. You know, some, some more recent fun projects is lacrosse is like a really big up and coming uh, industry. I know that, I don't know if you remember growing up uh, in Salem, there was no lacrosse team. Right. And now, you know, they have lacrosse programs from like ages seven and up. It's, it's really evolved. So we just, we just launched a campaign for um, Cascade makes helmets and their sister company is Maverick and they make pads. And we just launched uh, pads and um, sticks and, and uh, stick heads. We just launched a pretty, pretty cool interactive uh, campaign for them. Whereas, you know, video website, the whole bit, we did some really awesome, like 3d renderings and animated videos and, and brought, brought these new products to life. And it was a pretty solid success. So like that, those are the brands where, you know, they're not the Nike Reebok Sony that you see on, on TV commercials, but they're still like, they're looking for something different and they are fun and engaging and allow us to kind of take hold and and do something cool with. And, and they've been, they've been awesome to work with. So we've had a blast. Yeah. Stop name dropping. You're such a show off. Well, no, that's not, they're not, you know, the biggest. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's, it's, I know what you're saying because sometimes when you come into working with those bigger businesses, you can't put your creative stamp on it because they're not exactly looking for your genius they're looking for your genius within their four walls like within their structure and and their teams that already have people that are setting those rules and standards but i think that's one of the beautiful things about you guys at 36 is that you have those gifts like coming in it's kind of one of those intangible uh, geniuses that you and your team have is that it's not necessarily oh yeah, we're all skilled in these exact things and we all went through this training and we have these degrees. It's that you kind of attract people who have a natural gift that you can't put your finger on and Mm -hmm. then have that creative spirit. And I think that's one of the things that sets you apart. But talk a little bit more about how you guys do marketing differently or advertising differently. Like why would a company want to work with you and how might it differ from them hiring a traditional advertising or marketing company? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think there's a couple different things and approaches that come into play. First of all, you know, everything we do is rooted in in brand strategy. And that's, you know, a lot of people think when they hear branding, they think logo, colors, designs, and, and it's much more than that. It's, you know, we're really, we really dive deep into who's your audience. And then not just like who, who is your audience, but like, what are their goals and objectives? What's their journey look like? Where are their obstacles along the journey? How do you combat and, and solve those, those problems through their journey? How, do you, how can you like simplify their life, honestly, is, is like the basis of it. And then from there, we just take, take an approach um, that's completely custom and tailored to that. And, and oftentimes, you know, I would say more times than not, what our clients are thinking might not be completely accurate to what their audience is looking for. So we're not really afraid to, to push, push back and, you know, really fight for what we believe will work best for them. That's, that's one of our differentiators. 
that and we are also like never i don't know where this came from but there's something at 36 where our internal mantra is is we make it better and it's not supposed to be like a pompous statement it's actually it's more of a statement um that represents you know actually never being satisfied or content <laughs> <laughs> because no matter what it is that you're working on and designers do this all day long. And when we first started, we used to sit and look at what we created and be like, it's not right. You know, and even overnight, wake up, look at it in the morning. It's not right. And there's, you know, you hear a lot of designers say, I, you know, you need to tell me when to stop working on this. Cause I could work on this forever. And that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of the whole thing. Like, if you break down our internal mantra, we make it better. We is us as a team, us as a uh, you know partner, our partners, our clients, our industry. You know, the way we leverage technology, the technology we use, everything is. It's not just about us. Um, make is you know can be anything. Create, make. It's you know a thought, an idea, a process, a tangible asset a website, whatever it is, it can be absolutely anything. And that's, you know, we put a lot into our process. We put a lot into the technologies we're using and then better is just, it, it's never the best. It's never as good as it can be. It will always, there's always an opportunity to be better. So like there's, there's not a lot of ego at 36. It's a very humble group and they all, everyone there, strives to be better so no one's content or like you see i mean all of our parents are doing it now like oh yeah i switched to an apple phone now oh, i don't know you know like you hear that people get comfortable in their ways mm -hmm. and at, no one at 36 is like that so if if we've been using like you know a project management software forever and it's it's in our nature it's like part of us if we hear about something that comes along that meets an objective we've been looking for for a while, and we understand that switching will be four or five months of just the worst, yeah, we will we will look into it and and we'll make that switch if it makes sense for the company. It's not we we're not we're just not comfortable that way. We understand that, that the process and everything can always be better. So. It's a cool, it's, I think that's, that's probably how we've, we've grown and differentiated ourselves is we're an odd group. We're honest. We're all kind of humble and shy and, uh, <laughs> wicked, awkward, wicked, awkward. And, um, just try to be better. I mean, we yeah. interviewed, we've been interviewing for copywriters and we interviewed this, this, uh, this dude the other day and his intro, he was so awkward and weird. And I was like, this is him. There's no way he's, he's not. the one. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think that's traditional. I think when people hire, they, they look at resumes and, you know, they, they want to see, uh, they want to talk to references. Like we've, mm -hmm. our hiring style, it's, it's always, it's kind of been long and drawn out, but it's more about the person. It's not about the position even it's about the person. Yep. So we've, we've really lucked out. We have an awesome group of people that, just fit the mold of 36 not so much the role that they're in and because of that everyone there's a cool synergy so yeah. it's, it really is a cool thing yeah i've seen it in action coming into well it's, it was kind of neat seeing the evolution of you guys because i've come in a different stage of the game 
throughout the years into when you guys were in a physical location, two different physical locations when you were in Wyndham and then Salem. And oh yeah, it's just it's a testament uh. to kind of who you are and the culture you've created because that willingness to adapt and adjust and improve and evolve is that innovation in you guys that you're always seeking out the next best way of doing things for both your team, but also the people that you serve. And then in addition to that, just cultivating a culture of going off at intuition when you hire. I think that's such an important piece. That's one big thing that we're trying to live by at Luminary Leadership Company is yeah, you know, we want to know what your skill sets are and we want to know what kind of projects you've worked on. But tell me more about you and your interests and how you operate. Because in a normal conversation, in a normal back and forth, I'm going to be able to gather a little bit more about the type of person that's coming in and, and how they're going to connect and jive with the rest of the group. And that, to me, preserving the culture of what we have and how we want it to feel is more important than bringing in some A-lister who has this rap sheet that's really impressive, but they're going to come in and they're going to be a cancer in the organization. And using your intuition as a leader is really the best way to know for sure. I've had times where, you know, my team goes through the initial pieces of that hiring process and they're like, Hey, we think we have someone perfect. And within like three minutes of talking to them, I'm like, it's not going to be the right fit. Yeah, and no. <laughs> now my team has learned to pick up on why I say those things. But in the beginning stages, they used to think I was nuts because I'd hire the person with like 10 years less experience. And, but I'm like, I can, we can train them in that. We can mold them into that, but I can't change their personality traits yeah. or their values or, you know, what they believe or how they show up in the world or the energy they bring in the room. Like they might be like a freaking Eeyore and drag the rest of us down in every meeting that we have. And that's just not going to work. So can you talk a little bit about culture? I think it's just, it's such a, it's a buzzword when it, it comes to business, but it's not necessarily uh focused on like people talk about the cult they create and like these are our team values and things like that but they're not um embodying it and finding ways to really weave it in the fabric of what is so share a little more about your culture and how you've preserved that and created that and and what are some i don't know core elements of it i guess that if someone came into that office or met with some of your your employees or people on your team, they'd be able to yeah. pick up. Yeah, sure. Can I start with a story? Uh, I give you permission. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my first job I, out of college, I'm not going to say where it was. I'm just kidding. It doesn't even matter. I think the company is not there anymore, but um, I was super pumped about it. I was doing a reverse commute from Boston to Dover, New Hampshire every mm. day. So sitting in my car for an hour and 20 minutes plus each way would wake up early, would get there early, would grind, you know, like they set goals and objectives. And they said by like month five, you're going to be at this level. I like crushed it first month, you know, hit, hit those five month goals and objectives would stay late. would work to my lunch. Like I'm, I'm ready for the real world. That was my, my thing. So I did this for, you know, two months, in and out, grinding, grinding. And one day I, I went to go meet my mom for lunch and she was what I thought was right next door. <laughs> it wasn't, it took an, half an hour to drive there. So I drove there. By the time I got there, I'm like, 
I can't stay for long. Like I ate a sandwich within like four, four minutes or something. Got back in the car. And when I got back to the office, my manager called me in and he said, you know, where were you? I'm like, I went to go meet my mom for lunch. (laughs) And most innocent thing ever. Yeah. um, Yeah. I I ate a sandwich. And then he was like, he's like, you you know, you, you can't be gone for that long for lunch. And I was like, are you kidding? (laughs) And, you know, he said, no, that that's our policy. And I'm like, okay. So I left. I'm like, okay, these guys, I'm in early. I'm staying late. I work through lunch every single day. I'm out for 15 minutes past an hour. And I, at that point I was, I checked out, I checked out of the company. I started looking for another job Mm -hmm. and obviously that's shaped my mindset, but like people are people. And I've never understood this, but like, we don't live in a world where, I mean, even I'll talk about Steve Jobs a little bit, but obviously I never worked for him, but you hear stories of him, you know, yelling at people and, you know, fear, you know, managing with fear. Like we live in a world where there's opportunity everywhere. So like people aren't desperate for jobs like they were. And that's, I've never thought like, what do they say? You attract more bees with honey. Like that's, if you could, if you're just real and nice and, human and understand people then the sky's the limit and that's i truly believe that so like i think that's part that's definitely part of our of our culture we're 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 all humans first like it doesn't matter we've fired clients for you know yelling at uh account managers you know Mm -hmm. call them up immediately we don't work with people that treat our people like that thanks for everything you know goodbye we have each other's back so like mm-hmm. we always say if you bleed i bleed a lot of times you hear about internal bickering at different workplaces where sales and marketing don't get along or whatever and you that that happens like oh they just don't understand and it's i always like i'm like let's back up what are we trying to do we're trying to accomplish the task and you know satisfy a, a customer's need or, or whatever it is and we're all trying to do that. So like, how can we work together? And, right. you know, they have now that they, they're having those conversations on their own. There's knock on wood, there's like minimal to no internal conflicts or grind or like headbutting like that. It's taken a while to get to that point, but we we're all trying to do a good job and you can't get upset with somebody trying to do a good job if that's what you're trying to do, like, so you got to just step back and figure out how to solve the problem together instead of individually. So that's been, that's been a huge thing. And then, you know, you always hear about work-life balance. Another reason why we're just different and perhaps, you know, from a business standpoint, what we've made poor business decisions, but you hear about agencies or creative agencies, ad agencies, and they burn out employees. You you always hear about that. People putting in late nights, working over the weekend. You know, we have always been firm on work-life balance before work-life balance was even a thing. Because I think Trent and I both have had like family tragedies in our life and we understand the importance of time and and what we should be doing with our time aside from working every day. Yeah. So we're not like a traditional agency at typically, you know, at five, five 30, 
the company shuts down, people are, you know, spending time with their family and, and doing what's important. We've done always done like summer days. We're in New England. Summer is, you know, a rare commodity. Summer days are a rare commodity. So we give people extra time. You know, we've we hire new people and they'll say, Oh, you know, I'm I know the vacation time doesn't kick in. It's like if you have a vacation, go. Or I've used one of our employees. I I've used all my vacation time and I really want to go to Australia with one of my friends. Like, take me with me. <laughs> go to Australia. We'll right. figure out, we'll figure out like the time at work. And I think that's always just been our approach. Like I'm willing to guarantee that that employee will continue to work harder because, because of that versus us saying, sorry, you don't have any vacation time left. Right. Like financially. Yeah. You know, it's, it's man hours or whatever, where we're, we're paying a staff and they're not producing, but they'll produce in other ways. And it's not, we're not, you know, stamping out car doors at Ford. It's a little bit of a different type of business. Mm-hmm. And to cultivate that, that creative juice, you need people to be motivated, happy and, and comfortable. And that's always kind of been a, th- a thing of ours. So yeah, I don't, I don't, remember, I don't even remember your question. I mean, Do you, does it really matter? You actually answered it exactly. I was asking about the culture of your team and you're... Oh, cool. So how convenient that you actually answered that question. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's been great. See ya. When I look at your website, I see a lot of the same, like you have your, your team highlighted there and you have a lot of the same faces that I remember seeing a long time ago. Like you have some lifers or long-termers within your company, probably because of this culture that you create. And I love seeing that because I think to your point of that churn and burn that a lot of agencies, you know, employ within their company, they're looking at their bottom line. They're looking at all the wrong metrics to judge success, in my opinion. Like even if they're driving profits, what's the quality of life for the founders and the employees. Uh, what's the experience like for the consumer? I've hired ad agencies or marketing agencies, and I couldn't even continue past a month working with them because I I felt like I was working with a robot. Like I literally felt like, oh, is this some canned response that they have like tagged in their email that is scheduled to go out every so often? And like I felt like I wasn't even working with human beings, and you could tell that they're their crew wasn't happy either. You know, they weren't satisfied with the work they were doing, which is going to reflect in the actual outcome and what I just paid for. So I would rather pay a premium to have, to work with people who treat me like I'm their only client and like I'm the center of their world in that moment. And you guys do such an incredible job of that. Have you noticed it being more difficult to maintain that culture or preserve that culture or just you know, enhance it being separate at the moment because you're not, you don't have a home base. Yeah. Um, yeah. 100%. I think that's like a challenge for everyone, but mm-hmm. you know, that, that the whole COVID thing was what a crazy thing to live. So through. lame. It's so lame. Though. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally over it. <laughs> the leaders at 36 all understand the importance of culture. So you know, at the very get-go, we did, we have Slack and a lot mm-hmm. of people use Slack and we created all these channels that were 
um, not work related to, you know, Netflix, Spotify, uh, recipes, like a whole list of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we still, I mean, almost daily people are posting on those and going back and forth and chatting, but that helped to just create conversation and, and distract people from like work, work. We have hired like this and that was a big concern of all of us is how do you portray the culture? So we make sure people meet everyone when mm-hmm. we're interviewing, not just like, you know, your direct manager or whatever. Like these, these are the people you're going to be working with. This is their roles. This is how you'll be working with them. This is why they're pretty weird. You know, like learn to love it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you get don't, out. Yeah. Or get out, you know, might not be the right job for you if, if you're yeah. not comfortable with it. So it's, it's totally been challenging. Obviously zoom and Google hangouts and all the rest of them have, have totally helped. But mm-hmm. you know, now that people are comfortable getting together, we try to get together once a month for something non-work related. Um, next month we're doing, we're going to Highland mountain park and we're going to rent mountain bikes and cool and you know hopefully nobody gets badly hurt my god that i'm probably i probably won't sleep until the day after yeah um but yeah no that's that i mean culture is huge i mean that's that's i think that's the biggest asset of 36 is Mm -hmm. is the culture the people it's 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 everything actually and it's funny that you know we had a pretty cool office you saw our last office yeah for the awesome. town, for the town that we're in, like that was, I, I can't imagine like a better s- spot for it, Mm-mm. but it, it was so funny how fast you realize that a company is not an office yep. or a conference room or a conference table or a mm-hmm. roof deck. We had a roof deck. I mean, Didn't you have like a kiddie pool up there? I, maybe I at some point, probably like maybe, or maybe you, it was, it was in the was Photoshop uh, vision. Yeah, vision, yeah. It was, vision. A, it was a long-term vision. Yeah. Right. Stupid COVID. <laughs> Ruined it. Could have had some epic pool parties for oh like one God. person at a time. Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least one person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. But as soon as all that went away, it's like, oh, it's not, it doesn't matter where we are as long right. as we're, we're there together is kind of what it is. And mm-hmm. yeah, we've, we've made the remote thing work. And obviously we're living in a world where nothing is wrong and nothing is right. So whether you feel comfortable or not going back to work, whether you prefer staying remote, whether you're, you know, we we're now we're just trying to gather those like little life data points from all of our, our, our people and yeah, make sure that we're, we're, we can satisfy that need. So like, yeah. if people like having the flexibility of being home, awesome. If people need to get out of their house ASAP, you know, or, or even out of their closet, you know, shut up. <laughs> Don't judge me. I'm pretty sure on the floor next to you right now is a toy doll crib and dollhouse. So I don't want to hear it out of you. No, you're totally right. <laughs> That's 100% accurate. <laughs> you know. oh, so cool. Well, yeah, I, I think that that's a huge thing is like, and again, I feel like it speaks to what you've created prior to that, because if you didn't have a strong culture, you wouldn't be able to kind of have that flexibility of like, yeah, it's still working, even being separated like that. And the idea of in Slack, like 
coming up with these channels outside of business, that's the creative in you guys. Like companies' minds don't even go there of how can we bring humanity back into the company and really get to know each other on a level outside of our work and our efforts and our paychecks and whatever we're doing. Um, and I think a big part of that is the fact that it's, you know, you and Trent, you two different personalities, two different ways of operating. And I mentor a lot of business partners. So I'm curious your take on this. I, I've mentored people who thrive in a business partnership and really work well with each other. And I've worked with some that are like, oh my God, how did I give 50% of my company to this other person? Like, I'm losing my mind. How do we work together? So talk a little bit about that. Like, what's the dynamic between you two? How do you like work through the big stuff together? You know, if the pandemic being one of them or whatever, I don't even want to talk about the freaking pandemic. Let's talk about something else. Like when when you face challenges within the company, within the business. Yeah. How do you navigate that in partnership? So have you seen Trent lately? No, why? Does he have like crazy he's, hair? No, or... he's bicking he's bicking it. We're like, you know, when we pop on calls, I'm like, is that me? Is that me? Wait, which one? Oh, me? he shaved his head? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I so guess we're like two people, but we're also like just like one person. One person. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> are. Now you officially are. No, I know. So that's that's a funny thing. And when you're you're kind of young and naive, like we were starting out, mm-hmm. we had some of the most important people to us at the time, you know, honestly consult us to not go in 50-50. And they said this never turns out right, you know you know, wait till somebody gets married or has kids or whatever, the dynamic will always shift. You know, if you guys ever actually start, you know, making money and, and uh, so oddly enough, Trent and I have the same birthday, March 6th, three, six. I didn't know that. You didn't Oh, That's where the name came from. Well, that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, and we had two completely different childhoods, like obviously, because we were not uh, the same person or siblings yes, <laughs> or relatives, but our like our moral stakes and our ethics and our beliefs in regards to like just people and how you treat people and what's important values, stuff like that, for some reason have always just aligned. And I think that's why we, we got along um, in high school and, decided to even I think we both understood that we're both very hard workers and we saw that in each other and that night at that party I think that was why we're both like let's do it like I don't I'm not even going to question it I know that I know that you'll have my back and I know that you know I'll have your back kind of mm-hmm. thought process so very early on like when we first started I told you we saved we saved every penny we spent we we made and literally they were just a couple pennies um so when it came time to actually like promote ourselves we came to a crossroad and we wanted to do um this like it was a try it was not a trifold like a traditional trifold it was a uniquely shaped marketing piece Mm -hmm. and uh trent was like it was beautiful and we you know put it in this like really weird kind of partially see-through paper at the time and it was it was a cool piece and Trent was um you know what do they say hell bent does that make sense that makes sense is that what they say okay okay he was he was hell bent 
<laughs> You're putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, though. Hellbent Trent. Um, <laughs> no, he was he was like he really wanted to print this on recycled paper. Okay, I mean this is a hilarious conversation. <laughs> and I, coming from you know finance and accounting, it was like substantially more expensive to do that. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't see that as like a vital thing right now in our startup journey. And it was, we actually like got in an argument about it, <laughs> which sounds funny because it seems like something you wouldn't argue about. But I think it was like, it was our first like butting heads thing. And it was yeah. so early on. And we, it was then, I, I, we've already talked about this, where we realized like, okay, it's not about what I want and it's not about what you want. Like, it's about what's best for the company. And that's what we both want. So how do we focus on that? And I don't even remember. I think we ended up, I think we ended up doing recycled paper, but changed the envelope and printed like maybe a hundred less or something. So Mm -hmm. like made it work, we made it work. And from that point on, we've never gotten in an argument or, or a fight or butted heads. Like there's obviously things that, you know, we're, we're completely different people, but very similar. Like we're, we're real human goofballs, you know? Um, but Trent is more of a visionary, a dreamer, and like doesn't see boundaries when it comes to most things. Like he's he sees them as like, oh yeah, there's gotta be a way we can do that. And then yeah. he'll figure it out. Like it's 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 admirable, or is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. This is like a little uh, vocabulary, I'm too, vocabulary I'm, lesson I'm for you. For, I'm two for two. I'll, I'll probably stop there. Right. Um, so then, you know, where I am, I'm like more like anti-risk calculated. I like, I'm a little bit more black and white, but also mm-hmm. can see the big picture, but want to know how to get there type of deal. So like, when we, we saw this early on, we would go to meetings and we'd be pitching clients. And at the time they were, you know, large law firms or something, not, not the Nikes, but like where we would have to be on our game. And Trent could just like talk and like lay it out there and appease the crowd. And then, um, you know, my interactions were a little bit more like pointed or, you know, I would just come in and maybe say the right thing at the right time. So we would leave and he'd be like, dude, I'm so happy you said that. And I'd be like, I'm so happy you said everything else, (laughs) you know? And that's, and that's kind of just been how it's grown. So like, we still, we don't really do that. We do a lot of the same thing at 36. We do, we both, you know, look for new clients and, and partners. Um, We both, you know, manage the team. We both, um, do everything in between. I think I probably handle more of like the finances, which isn't, isn't very fun, but, um, but we both do it differently. And, you know, there's oftentimes I'm like, Oh my God, like, dude, we check this out, review this. I'm stuck. And he'll be like, Oh yeah. this is, And I'd be like, Oh my God, why? 
I net like if I had a dollar for every time I said to Trent in a, I would never would have thought to do it like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would, I would have at least a hundred dollars. <laughs> um, and then Trent's the same way. Like he'll do, he'll do stuff and be like, Oh dude, I'm, I can't get around this. Like, you know, and I'll take a look at it and be like, Oh, you should just do this, this, this. And he'd be like, Oh my God. So it's just been, it's been, it's been awesome. And, you know, since obviously getting married and having kids and doing all that, and everyone says things change, of course, things change, priorities change. And, you know, but that's who Trent and I are. Like Trent loves my kids. Like I love my kids, you know, maybe not as much because. You might love them more because he can leave them at the end of the day. Yeah, that's totally true. That's a really good point. (laughs) Um, So, but it's, you know, and, and there's just that, that common mutual respect. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing too, is, is that respect. Like I'll, I'll never not respect his thoughts, opinions, ways, views. Mm -hmm. And I think he feels the same about me. So like, you know, the team will come to us and say, I think we need to do this or whatever. We should do this there's never a time where I don't say, all right, let me, let me just talk to Trent about this. And there's never a time where Trent doesn't say, all right, let me run this by Steve. Yeah. So it's yeah, not it's a, a partnership. It's a partnership. There's no power. There's no power at all in it. Mm-hmm. Like we're, if anything, we're both submissive to each other's, you know, wishes because we trust each other so much. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing after all these years. I will, I have to highlight one of the things you said <clears throat> about how because I know there are a lot people listening that they're in some kind of partnership that is feels like a slog and it's tough. But um, I think one of the key pieces that you pointed out was when you guys had that first little I don't know disagreement or scuffle about the recycled paper and how you're going to approach it. You were coming at it from the angle of what do I want or what do I think is best instead of saying what is best for the common goal, which is the the company mm-hmm. and saying and then being able to come to a solution that isn't really about you. And it isn't about Trent. Like, that's not what you guys are there for anymore. You're there for the greater good of the business, the team, what you're growing. And I think that's a, like it's a lesson for all partnerships. I mean, that's probably why people struggle in marriage, too, is because they're coming at that angle with their spouse of, well, here's what I want. And here's how you're not giving me that instead of, Hey, we're a team and we have common goals. Like let's look at those and, and come to a conclusion of what's best for our team together. Yep. Even if it means giving a little on what we originally thought we wanted. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, uh, I, I don't think, I think that it's, it's perhaps more than that in regards I've seen, you know, I've seen business partnerships not last. And actually every single one that I've seen break up, it's, it's been because one person feels like they're working three times as much as the other person, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's bringing in new business or managing problems or, Um, and I, and that's, that has been completely removed from the equation with Trent and I, because if anything, we both work a lot. Like there's no question, Trent, I was just talking to him before talking to you and he said, he just booked a trip to Sylvania for, uh, for 12 days or 10 days or something. Um, doesn't that sound nice? Just booking a trip to Sylvania. (laughs) 
That's uh, so like, foreign to me. I know. Yeah. Like literally doing something um, you want to do <laughs> on your own. What? Yeah. No. Um, but you know, there's, he could do that every month and I know it's not, I, I don't, I wouldn't question his availability <laughs> or able to continue to work. I mean, you, after years of, of seeing it, there's no, there's no doubt or questioning it. And, and it's vice versa. You know, I, I took some time with the family last week and, um, there's, it's the, that like animosity can kill people. And, and you should, it is something you should talk about. Yeah. And what I've seen from, um, other, you know, business owners, once they had a conversation with the person about it, typically like an open dialogue, not a, what are you doing? You're not working, uh, you know, mm-hmm. an attack. Yeah. But more so like, can we, can we talk this through? Cause this is what I'm feeling and this is what I'm doing. And, you know, and nine times out of 10, it, it's actually like ended in a pretty solid place. Um, yeah. So the lack of communication kills. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Communication and, and understanding, I think is, mm-hmm. is like yeah. the, the two things. So again, I, I know that's rare though. I know that we're in some ways lucky, right? I think we're all luck has a lot to do with life and mm-hmm. what happens, but we just, uh, we just kind of operate the same way. I, I had a fortune cookie when I was, I want to say high school and I cracked it open and it said, I still have it not on me. Cause that'd be cool. <laughs> I could lie. Right. It's actually in my pocket right now. <laughs> totally. And it says, uh, it said, if you walk with a good heart, you will run with success. And hmm. I, I was like that. I kept it. It's been in my wallet. It's not in this wallet. It's in another wallet, but I do have it. So that, I think that describes, you know, I think both Trent and I, like mm-hmm. that somebody could put that on my grave and it's not success by like money. I have no need for a private jet or helicopter or, you know, like I don't, that's not success for me, but like being able to do what you love every day with people that you care for and enjoy being around is like, that's, that's success. So, yeah. And the funny thing is now I look back at that fortune cookie and you know, that has those little numbers on the back. Mm-hmm. One of the numbers is 36. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Another number is my, uh, my oldest birthday. Another number is like my favorite number. And like, there's like two other numbers that mean something like the whole thing is just weird. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think that's just how we both operate, you know, <laughs> walk, walk with a good heart and, and good will come even yeah. on, even on the rainiest days, you know? Yeah. And I've seen that in action. I mean, to embarrass you for a minute, I don't know, probably close to 10 years ago, we had connected and I was like in my infancy of business and not even like really doing what I'm doing now. And you guys both like so generous with your time and energy in helping me. And you've like literally every conversation that we have, whether there's a big gap between our connection points or not, it's like, I don't think you even realize you're saying it, but you're like, oh, what can I do to help you? Like, how can I help you? And it's genuine. It's not in this like, hey, how can I help you? It's like, tell me what I can do for you. Cause I want to help you and serve. And that's just been your MO. And I've, I've said it 
you know, in mutual people that we know to my mom, to mutual friends that I just can't get over your level of generosity and mentorship and kindness and friendship throughout the years. And when I was encountered um, not so kind people along the way mm-hmm. or people who weren't willing to lend a hand to me or not even lend a hand, but even just be kind to me, my mind regularly flashed back to you and Trent and how you know, you find your people who who are kind and good and you hold on to that. And and it's been a really big reminder for me when I can pay that forward to other people, specifically thinking of you guys and how you've done that for me, taking people under my wing or supporting any way I can, remembering that that's, that's the glory of all of this. Like the joy is really in that journey and in serving others and doing what you love, whether or not you're getting paid for it. And uh, so I'm super grateful for that. And I just, I've always loved, and it's just like a blast every time I talk to you or Trent or having come out and been in the conference room with you guys talking about something business related, but like having an absolute ball and laughing the whole time. It's just, you guys make the experience. It's so unique. It's so special. And it's so like, you're so naturally gifted, but combine that with the heart that you guys have and the shiny bald heads you have, like naturally, nothing beats it. Naturally gifted is awesome. Yes, you're naturally gifted. Maybe that should go on my gravestone. Steve was naturally gifted. If you know what I mean. No, I I appreciate that. That's really cool. And it it is, it's, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of, it's not a selfish thing, but if we're not helping others, like we're just helping ourselves. And that's, that's just sounds weird to even say, Mm -hmm. you know, like help yourself. It's like, (laughs) I don't know. Trent and I have actually missed very important. Wait, this is a true story. We missed a very important business meeting one time where it was a new business and we had to cancel it because on the way we drove by this little old lady who got a flat tire and we both oh were God. like, let's do it. <laughs> it was a, it was just an awesome half an hour, you know, trying to figure out her Jack and jacking up her tire and Trent and I were both, you know, Oh, dude. Oh, we got computer fingers. We can't even loosen the lug nut, you know, like, and this little old lady was like, thank you so much. And we're just, we just had an absolute blast and we left and we're like, that was dumb. Like that, that's what we do. We, we make decisions like that, that are not fiscally sound, you mm-hmm. know, and like a business, a, a traditional business person wouldn't, wouldn't, like, oh my God, you have to be on time and wear a suit. And, and, you know, if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. And leaving that lady on the side road, like, how can you do that? You know, right. drive by a lot. So it will, you know, that, that's, that's just what we, that's just what we love. I can't think of a better note to end on than that. Picturing you guys trying to change this lady's Well, we're, we're two burly, really burly men, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. I was like, oh, you don't have a jack? That's fine. I'll just lift up the car. Trent, <laughs> change it quick while I shrug this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really she was funny. probably like, what freaking luck? I got these two little weenies. Yeah. yeah. Do you, yes. She kept saying, do you even know how to change a tire? I'm like, lady, please. <laughs> uh, watch <laughs> been, and learn, babe. I've been doing this my whole life. I'll probably do it blindfolded. No, it was, it was a good time. Well, no, I, I appreciate the time. It's always fun chatting with you. And it's been, it's been a pleasure watching you and your journey and seeing you do what you're doing. It's really cool and inspiring. So I'm happy to, I'm happy that we've connected and continue to connect. 
Yeah, ditto. Thank you so much. And tell people where they can come find you if they want to work with you or get in touch. Yeah. I mean, you could shoot me an email, steve at 36creative.com or, you know, check out our website, 36creative.com. And um, I'm here. I'm in this little room next to a little dollhouse and a, a giant fluffy bunny ride on thing. So living the dad dream, living the dad dream. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our Luminary of the Week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.